0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Sam Phelan. He's our basketball writer at Vandy Sports Let's get right into our conversation with Sam as we talk about Vanderbilt's win over Texas A&M and more. Sam Phelan joins us. We're talking Commodore basketball. Vandy fresh off a win over Texas A&M. It's got the fan base excited. Sam, welcome back to the show. I know you were there in Memorial on Saturday night. What did you see?
1: Yeah, Chris, it was exciting. Uh, Like you said, you know, fan base is pretty excited um, just because Vanderbilt finally winning some of these tough games. And that's kind of how I would describe what was going on uh, this weekend. It was just uh, a real gritty win from the Commodores. And without Rodney Chapman, you know, not playing necessarily their A lineup at all times, but working the rotations and then down the stretch, having to battle against the foul trouble that uh, Vanderbilt was in to keep Texas A&M off the line in the last couple minutes and really grind out a win was really impressive and is reason to be excited because uh, it's basically been win or go home here. um, It is going to continue to be that way for the last couple weeks.
0: How much does Liam Robbins mean to this team? Are you surprised that they're getting as much out of him as they are right now, given the nature of his injury, given how out of shape he looked when he came back from the Kentucky game and all those things?
1: I don't know if I would say I'm surprised. I mean, Chris, you know me. I've been tooting Liam Robbins' horn uh, since the first time you had me on this podcast. I'm just a really big fan of his game and what he allows them to do. Um, But yeah, I mean, his first few games were incredibly disappointing. You could tell Liam wasn't very well conditioned. You could tell kind of the rhythm and flow of a full 40-minute basketball game wasn't coming naturally to him and seems each game now he seems to be getting a little bit better a little bit more conditioned and that's something he's been speaking on after the games as well just telling us that the speed of the game can't really be replicated in practice and the more he gets comfortable we see the more he can do and um, as far as what he does for the team, I, I really I don't think you could talk about it enough. Him and Quentin Malora brown being on the floor at the same time has really showed a new sort of dynamic to the Vanderbilt offense and defense uh, that has really helped them down the stretch in some of these tough games and allowed them to play competitively with some really good teams.
0: How are you seeing them make up for the loss of Rodney Chapman?
1: Well, I think it is that bigger lineup that I said. Uh, That was one thing that Stack really first debuted in the game at Auburn, um, and he talked about how he was going to continue to work on little funky rotations like that to kind of offset the loss of Chapman. Without Chapman on the floor, you really have Pippen, and you don't have another guard that you feel like you can give the ball to and be your ball-dominant guy and create shots unless you're winning the one-on-one size matchups. And with Quentin Malore Brown and Robbins on the floor, I really like how Jordan Wright has looked and his ability to kind of slot out and be the true slashing guard that I think his body wants to be and that he wants to be. So I think Wright has looked a lot more comfortable and it makes people like Thomas and Dizoni. Who you know are not going to be anchors for you off the bench, but it makes them have to do less because one, you're controlling the the paint and, and your ability to rebound. And two, you're working a lot you're not working as hard defensively. And those are things that Rodney really brings to the team. But in his absence, you have to find another answer. And for now, I think Stack has really been pleased with the big lineup.
0: Yeah, the bench is a little scary right now, though. That's the biggest issue I see for them going forward.
1: I've been I've been worried about it myself. Uh, you know, I thought that that was kind of going to be the Achilles heel against A and M. I've really not been a fan of what I've seen out of Taron Frank recently, but part of that's with the knee injury to Jermaine Mann as well, and Rodney being down. You're you're just so depleted in your depth, and and you like your starting five with Pippen, Studi, Wright, Malora Brown, and Robbins, but. You know, Trey Thomas can hit a few shots. The not that bad. Uh, He's got good athleticism and certainly a higher ceiling, but in terms of a guy you can go to right now to to go get baskets for you and and play strong minutes off the bench, there's not a ton of options. Um, So that is the one thing I think is the main concern for me personally, going forward is just where do those bench minutes come from? And can people like Tyron Lawrence or Gabe Dorsey continue to step up or, or, take a step forward to being a a more dynamic player off the second unit
0: scotty pippen jr today got named co-sec player of the week we have talked about how chapman helps him out but here he is playing without him and playing his best ball of the season probably how do you explain that yeah i think scotty's really just
1: he's really starting to figure out what, what a good offensive game for him looks like, you know, his his ability to get to the free throw line, uh, is something that you can't really replicate or necessarily teach. He's got great body control. I will say it's gotten him into trouble. Sometimes him trying to pump fake a three pointer and turning the ball over because of it. But I think he's really started to figure out how to get to his spots and, and do does so in such a way that's not forcing any looks up. So, um, To go along with that, I do think having an increased post presence with Liam Robbins and also a big man in Robbins who's able to stretch the floor really helps Pippen. You know, with Terrence Frank, he has not been shooting it well. We know Quentin Malore Brown doesn't have much range with the ball in his hands, but starting in that Auburn game, Liam Robbins started to kind of show his ability to shoot the three, shoot mid-rangers a little bit, and that makes that pick and roll even more dangerous. And the other thing, Chris, last thing on Pippen is With those two bigs, Jerry Stackhouse has also talked about how Vanderbilt is running the pick and roll to both sides of the court, and I think that's something that's really, really special that maybe goes unnoticed by a lot of people watching the games. You can watch Pippen get the ball in his hands at the top of the key, get a screen, and if there's nothing there, he can head the other way and know that Melor Brown or Robbins can both set picks for him to free him up and give him space, and
0: it makes him a more dynamic scorer. Are you ready for the mailbag?
1: I'm ready for the mailbag. Hit me.
0: All right, let's go. Our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at number 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. NBA door says pick the final record for the team after the SEC tournament ends
1: final record so do you want me to go for the uh let's go for the sec record so we're six and eight right now got four left i will say
0: 10 and 10 whoa you so you've got them running the table
1: well four left i think they'll take three out of four
0: well if they do three that then the that's left- then that's nine and t- or that's eight and ten or no wait that's nine and nine. Six and
1: eight right now, so they'll be nine and nine, and then I think they get one in the SEC tournament, losing okay. in their second game, and finish 10 and 10.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, they, they generally don't count those, but, well, he did say okay, after right. the SEC tournament. So, yeah, you're, you're right in answering it the way you did.
1: I think it'll be yeah, right at 500 there. I, I like where they're going, but running the table, I think, is, I mean, that's just probably not going to happen. It's tough to win that many games in the SEC in a row, especially without some of your best guys like Chapman.
0: NBA door, he's got several here. If Coach Jerry Stackhouse is banking on development, could you explain the lack of backcourt player development this year?
1: The lack of backcourt development, I I mean, I think that probably refers to –
0: to DeZoni
1: maybe, but you know, I'm not sure I would agree with the idea that there hasn't been any backcourt development. You know, I, I think Jordan Wright has looked a lot better a- as a, as a player than he has in years past. And he's definitely had his struggle throughout the year, but him and Miles Studi have both taken a step forward. I don't know if you would technically consider them members of your backcourt, but, uh, it, guys like Shane Dazoni, Tyron Lawrence. I think you just got to give those guys a little bit of time here. You know, as, as their usage rate goes up, their minutes go up. When guys like Pippen are no longer in the program, you'll see them start to develop. I think he is working with them on that, but um, I, I'm not sure. I would agree with the premise that there's been no backcourt development. I just think it might not be out of the freshman guys that you would look for to to take that jump.
0: Another one from NBA door. How would you rate Coach Jerry Stackhouse's job year to date?
1: On a scale of one to ten, or am I giving him a grade?
0: Oh, you can answer that however you like.
1: All right. Well, I think. Hmm, let's see what I want to do here. I'll give him a. I'll give him a nice B minus, and that B minus to a B out of Stack this year. If I'm okay. if I'm giving him a grade, if I'm his teacher. I I do think he's done a really solid job given some of the injuries they've had. Uh, And, you know, there have been times that uh, I haven't always agreed with decisions he's made in a game, and there's been some reason to be concerned for sure. But um, looking at where they sit right now and the opportunity they have over the last couple of weeks, I really do feel like the locker room is buying in to Jerry Stackhouse's culture. And, you know, this is just not a type of team this win over Texas a and is not something that they would have done in years past. And uh, if you look at Stackhouse and where the team is at compared to most coaches taking over winless programs in a conference uh, in their third year of developing the program, I think Vanderbilt's in a really good spot. And you have to take a lot of pride knowing that Stackhouse is getting the ship in the right direction and there's an opportunity potentially with rumors coming out soon to retain some of the talent on this team and be even more competitive going forward. So, um, you know, you definitely want to be a contender for that postseason play that door's not all the way shut yet, perhaps, but, uh, even though it's looking dire, there's definitely been a lot of, a lot of improvement. Um, and it's been on guys different than Pippen, you know, we haven't seen Pippen going for like 30 points a game and that's why the team's been better but he's shown his ability to, to get guys out of the transfer portal that have really helped the, the team and the team's success and um, just coach a defense that is strong and an offense that is strong and a little bit more of a balanced team. Um, and the improved defense is a big thing for me because that's how you have success that lasts a long time and create longevity within a program.
0: Last one from NBA door. Will Coach Jerry Stackhouse get an extension after this season? He is currently ending his third season with three to go on the contract. Will his not even having a contract through the end of the upcoming signing class hinder him on the recruiting trail? I don't think uh, three years left on your contract uh, after this year. I, I, don't, I don't see that as a a hindrance, but I'll, I'll let you give your take on that.
1: I mean, I'm not, I don't know what the level of urgency is out of uh, Vanderbilt to – offer him an extension. I don't know if that's something that he's due for, but I I definitely think you can make a case that he's earned it, especially if they finish with my prediction. You know, there's no, you know, no promises on that at all. Obviously they still got to go out and play the games and they got to finish strong here down the stretch. But if he's able to get them right up at that 500 mark in the SEC, I don't really think you can argue against what he's been able to do this year, especially Being without Liam Robbins for the first 20 games of the season and now seeing what Liam Robbins can do on this team, I mean, you have to give Stack a little bit of credit for trying to keep this thing together and keep them going the right direction at least a little bit with the absences of Chapman and Robbins. And and you wonder if they're healthy, what they could have done. So if they're able to get right at that 500 mark, I don't see why an extension would be, I, I don't think that would be, necessarily a, a bad thing at all i i think uh you could definitely make an argument that he's earned that
0: tb graham asks how would you see the minutes at the guard position opposite pippen should we try going really big with Wright at the two and studi at the three they can't be worse ball handling with that lineup compared to what they got from the other scholarship guys on saturday or do you go with drew weikert or let Dizoni grow into that role
1: uh, I don't think I personally do like the right and studi. I, I like just having the best guys out there. Stack has said that he hasn't been a big, the biggest fan of Miles at the three, just from a, a defensive standpoint. You know, Miles is a lot more comfortable in that kind of off guard position where he can catch and shoot. Um, in terms of those guard minutes, I don't know. I don't know if Drew Weigert is an option going forward as you get down into this. I would. I'm gonna assume. Uh, Tyron Lawrence is going to get a big increase in playing time. Stack basically gave him the game ball for the win over Texas A&M and liked what he was able to do defensively. But I do think we still see Dizoni. I think we see Tyron Lawrence um, and then maybe occasionally Studi and Wright both out there with Pippen. Uh, but I think you'll see some sort of combination of Trey Thomas and Dizoni, De- and or Trey Thomas and uh, Tyron Lawrence coming off the bench for the remainder of the year.
0: Dylan, 32- asks why is Tyron Lawrence not getting more playing time dude is clearly one of the more athletic players on this team and can score the basketball almost at will at times
1: well yeah I mean going back to what I said I think he's going to going forward you know Stack has been adamant about earning your minutes and whatever he's been seeing in practice out of Tyron Lawrence um, wasn't uh, what he felt was earning him minutes at the time and he thought he, he was going with other options and Two Stacks credit, some of his offensive production hadn't been there for for the longest time. But I do think in that A&M game, you saw what he's capable of defensively. He's got one of the bigger bodies in their backcourt uh, that's available to them. Um, and after a great performance where he did all the little things well, had a big steal at the end of the game that kind of won them the game with a few deflections. A big putback dunk at one point um, and just good hustle on the floor. Those are the type of things that get rewarded in Jerry Stackhouse's team and in his program. And so going forward, I, I would say tomorrow night, uh, Alabama, we're going to see a little bit more of Tyron Lawrence than we may be having the games prior.
0: Okay. ATT Murph asks. What is the backcourt plan for 2022-23? Not sure who will play point guard with Chapman and Pippen moving on. Lots of pressure on Shelby.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot, lot of pressure on Noah Shelby, but I again, I'm going to take a little bit of an issue with the question. I don't think it's set in stone that Scottie Pippen Jr. moves on from this team, especially if Liam Robbins is coming back and if Quentin Melora Brown is coming back and, uh, he believes that there is more to be done here at Vanderbilt. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a pick in the NBA draft. So is it worth uh is it worth jumping ship now to try and go to the G League or can he finish it out one more year, get that degree, finish his time with Stackhouse and try and see if he can make the tournament with Vanderbilt before he moves on. And uh I don't think that Pippen is necessarily walking out the door and until you know where he's going, I'm not sure you can plan for the backcourt, but I also think they'll be active in the transfer portal should they lose Scottie Pippen Jr. to get a more ball-dominant guard.
0: Yeah, he told Terry McCormick at the Ledger last week that he was going pro. I don't know that that article got a lot of play publicly, but he he did make that statement definitively recently.
1: All right, well, then I stand corrected. I had not seen the Terry McCormick article. <laughs> right, I figured seven. you hadn't.
0: I shouldn't have let you hang like that. I'm sorry.
1: No, you're all right. But, yeah, I mean, if he's moving on, I think they're active in the transfer portal. You know, we've said that. Um, especially if Robinson and Quentin are returning, though Stack makes this an even more attractive destination. Got a good recruiting class. You like Noah Shelby, but I think a veteran ball dominant guard, almost somebody who can mirror Rodney Chapman in the sense of getting an experienced guy that can have the ball in his hands and and control your offensive tempo, will be big for them. But then you obviously let guys like Dizoni and Shelby. Start getting acclimated and trying to develop um, as the future of your backcourt.
0: Last one from top shelf. Why do you think Stackhouse will almost never call a timeout to slow down a run by the other team uh as big as a dozen or more? I think he means with the lead as big as a dozen or more. But anyway, uh Jerry is notorious for not calling timeouts. What are your thoughts there?
1: I I mean, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't really know about. I have never asked Stack about his uh, his timeout strategy. If I had to guess, I I think he just wants to show a little bit of poise and, and save that. You know, he talks about poise and resilience, um, and he wants his guys to battle through that. I also think some of that is just trying to make sure with a a lack of uh, a lack of maybe rotation rotational pieces to move around making sure guys are getting rest and time's coming off the clock for uh, foul trouble and things like that. But, yeah, I'm I'm not really uh, too familiar with Stacks' timeout strategies. Maybe I'll have to ask him that after an upcoming game.
0: We made a pretty efficient run through the mailbag there. Any thoughts or things that we didn't get to regarding the state of Vandy hoops these days? This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore athletics. His support as the title sponsor for season seven is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here.
1: Well, yeah, I do want to talk about uh, the Alabama game. I, I oh, yeah, a that's a big
0: one. Yeah,
1: yeah, featured a little bit of it in my in my recent write up. But just kind of looking at at the defense, Chris. Um, I'm not sure if uh, if you took a look at that, but I, I I really think Vanderbilt's defensive strategy can determine this game. I think Alabama this game is probably the toughest the remaining one on the schedule when you look at. You know their aspirations to run the table and, and close this thing out on the right right foot here. Tomorrow night's a huge game, and um, you know as I wrote out about uh, wrote up about it, this this Alabama team is really interesting to me because they don't hesitate to shoot the basketball they're 12th in the sec shooting the three-pointer at 27.9% and yet they take the most three-pointers of any team in the sec so 12th in the 12th in percentage but most in attempts you have to exploit that if you're vandy because alabama is also the number one team at getting to the free throw line in the sec and we saw how much trouble vanderbilt can get in with that aggressive defense i love the amount of steals that they're able to get jordan Wright with six of them against a and and there is a benefit of that, but you can't have teams getting into the bonus with 12, 13 minutes to go. And Alabama is going to do the same thing. A and M did going to do the same thing. South Carolina tried to do. And the same thing Mizzou tried to do. They're going to come into Nashville and try and muck up a game and get to the foul line as much as possible. And if Vanderbilt gets into foul trouble again, we already talked about it. There's not enough bench options to win a game, win a game late And you can't give away three points by getting a team into the bonus early. So I'd like to see a little bit more soft coverage on the ball, forcing Alabama to shoot the three and prove they can make the three offensively uh, before you really get aggressive and try and go for some of the traps. Because uh, they really don't have a ton of size on the Alabama side of things, or at least two Two good rebounders that uh, Melora Brown and Robbins couldn't handle when they're on the floor together, so you feel good about controlling the paint if you're the Commodores.
0: I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that question. Alabama's not been great on the road, and state Mississippi State has been uh, horrible on the road, but really good at home. I, I think state might be their toughest game and plus Alabama's won in Memorial like I don't know it's like once or twice in the last 25 years. it's pretty crazy.
1: I just look at Alabama as the team that. Yeah, really Alabama's a better team.
0: Way. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and and I'm sorry to cut you off. Where you may be right is they got four really good guards, and I don't know that that matches up really well with Vanderbilt. Now that I I think more about it.
1: Yeah, they're they're really gonna have a tough time defending those those guards. That that's part of why I would like to see them just force them to shoot. You know, if if they're gonna shoot the three and they're gonna knock down the three, then you have to defend. But if if Andy comes out aggressive. And is trying to hang with the Crimson Tide early on, just playing one-on-one man defense and forcing some turnovers. I think they're going to pick up a lot of fouls. I think they're going to get beaten one-on-one matchups. And I just don't like that matchup for them. So I, if, I think if they stay back, play a little bit more conservative on D, uh, that bodes better for them long-term in that game. Um, and then just looking at Alabama as a team as a whole, you know they, they got a nice road win uh, over Ole Miss, who's not a very good team, but they beat them pretty good. They beat Arkansas at home as well, and we've seen the Razorbacks just come on so strong as a contender in the SEC and a potential dark horse in the NCAA tournament, and they played Kentucky really tough. So Alabama's been playing some of their best basketball of the year late, and I think they're really peaking, making a run at good NCAA tournament seating and trying to get up the ranks of the SEC right now. They want to keep that number five spot. They're barely clinging to it, and they're right in that mess of LSU, Florida, south carolina and i believe mississippi state all at seven and seven so i do look at them though and i think they have the best resume and they're playing really good ball so this might be a team that's coming in
0: with a lot of confidence to nashville sam did we miss anything
1: no sir just uh four more to go trying to run the table and i think they're going to need all of them
0: tell folks how to follow you on twitter
1: My Twitter is Sam underscore P-H-A-L-E-N. That's Sam underscore Phelan on Twitter. Uh, For all the Vandy write-ups, some post-game quotes, uh, fun stuff like that uh, before and after every game, I'll try and be as active with the Vandy content as possible on there.
0: Hey, thanks, Sam. We'll catch you next week.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.